you've got your Bibles, I would invite you to turn with me to the book of Genesis. So as we've all been processing this, uh, part of what uh, I guess I keep leaning back into is the character of God. Because he is the one thing that doesn't change, right? Circumstances change. We, we have been reminded in a very significant way that none of us really knows what's going to happen tomorrow, right? I mean, how many of you were with us when we were here two months ago for the last time, right? There's not a one of us who had been sitting there, oh yeah, I'm not going to see you for two months, right? Uh, it's just our world changes, and it could change very quickly. But the one thing that doesn't change is God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And where we find our strength, where we find our grace, where we find our peace is in this God who does not change. And so I, I actually got looking back, and the first, the first one I had to do into the video camera, uh, I, I, I talked about Jehovah Shalom. God is our peace. And he can be the peace in every situation. And as I was thinking about coming back, and we're trying to finish up Philippians, and there's just a little bit more that I want to do, I couldn't help but think, no, 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 no. I need to go back to the character of God. And so tonight I want to talk about God. But as we see him in his name, Jehovah Jireh. Now, if you were with us a few years ago, we, we kind of got into some of these things. But just to remind you, when you think about Jehovah Jireh, the name Jehovah is that personal name of God. It's that reminder to all of us that, that God wants to know us intimately. Now, it's fun to be back together. It's fun to sing together. I, I think Tammy was getting tired of me singing it at the top of my voice, and it's just her and me in the room, right? It's fun to be able to be back and have the band live and all that, and, you know, to, to be in that sense with others and that sense of community and the presence of God. But folk, we've got to remember that our God is a personal God. And where he meets us is always in that personal relationship, one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, I couldn't help but think during this time of, of Elijah, who had had that great ministry and called fire down from heaven. And then he ends up out in the middle of the wilderness and God showed up. And it says that, you know, there was this big earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And then this big wind, and, but God wasn't in the wind. And then even fire, like he had called down from heaven, but God's not in the fire. But after that, a still small voice. See, that's, our God is a personal God. He, he knows right where we are. He meets us in a personal way. And whether that's, you know, we're here and we're studying God's word together and he speaks to us through this, or it's in our time with the Lord, it's a personal relationship. That's what Jehovah means. Jireh really has two different ideas tied to it. The one is simply this. He's the Lord who sees. And with that is the idea he knows where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you and I are facing in this time. He, he knows those things and he cares about it. It's important to him. He's concerned about those things. The second part of Jireh is that he also then provides. He is the one who brings. He sees where we're at, what we're going through, and he is the one who is willing then and able to provide the things that we need. Somebody put it like this, and I loved it, that Jehovah Jireh is the one who will see to it. 
And I couldn't help but think as a parent, you know, you, you have your kids and, and life can get tough, but you're going to provide for them. You're going to take care of them. You know, no matter what's going on, on the outside, you're going to take care of your kids. You will see to it. And that's how God looks at us. He knows the circumstances, but he will see to it. Now, the story is found in Exodus chapter 22. So if you haven't turned there uh, or found it in your Bible app, why don't you do that? Genesis chapter 22, and it is the story of Abraham being asked to offer up Isaac. And uh, if you don't remember the story, God had called Abraham out of the Ur of the Chaldeans many years before this to come to this land and God promised that he would give him a land he would give him many descendants in fact his descendants would become many many nations and that through him all the people of the world are going to be blessed so uh, years have gone by Abraham is a hundred years old and Sarah still 90 years of age has not produced any offspring they had you know they gave her Hagar and Ishmael but God said that's not the son of promise and so at 100 years of age and Sarah at 90 years of age God in his infinite grace Jehovah Jireh provided that everything started working again and she gets pregnant and Isaac is born and Isaac is the son of promise. And obviously at 100 years of age, you know, and this is the son he's been looking for for all of this time. Isaac is loved. And now God comes to Abraham and says, listen, I want you to take Isaac and I want you to offer him on a, as a sacrifice, a burnt offering for me. So let's pick it up with verse 1. Now, it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. When I read that this morning, I said, texted. No, he didn't text him. He tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering in one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he split wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. He took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked together and Isaac spoke to Abraham and said, father, and he said, here I am my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide himself the lamb for the burnt offering my son so the two of them walked on together then they came to the place where God had told them and Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven saying Abraham Abraham and he said here I am and he said, do not stretch your hand, out your hand against the lad and do nothing to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. 
Then Abraham raised his eyes and looked and behold behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him as a burnt offering in the place of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah-Jireh. The Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. So that's the story. Here's the son that he cares about. Folk, Abraham's put to the test. Not the test to see him fail, but the test to prove his faith. The the test to, to strengthen that faith muscle. And have you ever stopped to think that maybe God sometimes allows these things in our life to test us? To prove our faith, to stretch that faith muscle within us. I've been thinking about that in relation to this. Because I'm sure I'm like most. You know, so many of the things that I love have been taken away from me. For instance, I, you know, as I've become more mature in life, i.e. gotten older... I found that I gotten into routines, and I like routines. I like the, you know, getting those things done, and all of my routines have been blown to to heaven. In fact, it's been interesting. The weeks have been really busy, but for all of my life, my weeks lead to the weekends. And I have sat there and had nothing to do on the weekends. It's been tough. And uh, I like doing what I do here. I like you know, I, I like engaging with people and getting feedback and, and all of that. And man, I've been staring in a camera. But the question becomes, Steve, you know, why do you do what you do? Do you do it because of me? You do it for that. Testing. And, and for, for Abraham, this becomes this test of Abraham, who do you love more? Do you love me? Or your son. Oh, by the way, the son that I gave you. It's a testing of his faith. Now, what we see is that Abraham promptly obeys. I mean, verse verse 3 there, it says, And Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took off. I mean, i got to be honest with you. If this is me, J.J., at least you'd want to know this, that I would probably at least stall a little bit in the morning. I probably wouldn't have set the alarm. I would have made sure that we dilly-dally just in case God wanted to show back up. And, oh, you know, what I told you yesterday, why don't you forget that? I've changed my mind. But he doesn't. He gets up early in the morning. He promptly obeys. And in the midst of that, the reason that he does that is that Abraham's obedience is rooted in his faith in God. In fact, you see it there, what is it, in verse 8, when he tells the the servants, hey, the lad and I are going to go over and worship and we will return. I mean, can you imagine what that journey was like for Abraham? Three days, every step, knowing what's coming, knowing what he's being asked to do. Every step, I'm sure, becoming harder. Playing all these scenarios out. God will provide the lamb. He's looking for one. There isn't one there. In fact, the writer of Hebrews even goes so far that Abraham figured in his heart that God was able to raise people even from the dead. So maybe that's what he was going to do. His obedience was rooted in his faith. His trust in the very character of God. We also see that God provides in the last moment. You know, this would be, I think, one of those funny, interesting questions we get 
to be with the Lord, you know, in the eons of eternity to come. Uh, of God, what was it about the 11th hour and the 59th minute that you like so much? Or, or is that just me? But it just always seems like it's at the last moment that God shows up. And, and sure enough, I mean, they are to the point where Isaac's on the, on the altar and Abraham's got the knife. And, and, and then, you know, the angel says up, Abraham, Abraham. And trust me, there was nobody happier about that than Isaac, right? Because he, he, he's going, hey, this is not going to end well here. Uh, but God shows up. God provides Jehovah Jireh exactly what he needs. And of course, what he looks at is there's a substitute. There's a ram caught in the thicket. And of course, one of the great little truths here is, is that when you and I go through times of testing, it's so easy for us to get our eyes focused on the problem, focused on what's going wrong. And it's only when we finally look up to the Lord because we've got nothing left and we look to him for Jehovah Jireh, that as we lift our eyes that we're able to see what his provision is going to be, that he comes because we get off the problem. We get our eyes on the Lord. There's some takeaways, and I only got a couple minutes left, so I'm going to have to talk really quick, so you got to listen quick. But the big takeaway is this. What a reminder is that we are to love Jehovah more than anything in our life. One of the big things that sometimes happens, and I think we all fight this, is that God blesses us, and God gives us some great things. I mean, he, he for me, he gave me a wonderful spouse. He gave me wonderful children. He gave me a wonderful church. He gave me a wonderful church family. He, he allows me to do what I just, I believe I was born to do. But what happens so often in our heart is we begin to love the gift more than the one who gives it. And we fall in love with, 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 with those things. And sometimes it's with the job. And sometimes it's with success. Sometimes it's with stuff that God blesses us with. And, and, and if we're not careful, it's easy to begin to love that more than him. And yet God's whole call to us is, is, is that we would love him. I mean, you look at God's top ten list, remember? What's number one? You will have no other God before me. Jesus is asked, what's the greatest commandment? You love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I was thinking of Peter. Peter who loved to fish, right? He's a fisherman. That's who he was. And they're sitting there by the seashore, and Jesus says, hey. Oh, by the way, he just maybe had the best catch of his life, 153 large fish. And Jesus looks at him, do you love me more than these? See, nothing in my life, not, not my spouse, not my children, not my job, not you, can be more important than him. And what a re wonderful reminder for us to, re to remember that, that that's what he calls us to do, is to love him most. A, a second thing is, is that we're called to follow him with radical obedience. Now, the problem with radical today is we often put it with radical, you know, people doing bad things. I don't mean it like that. But, you know, that we're willing to do whatever Jesus has asked us to do. I think about even in this COVID piece, and, and obviously it's gotten political, right? 
We, we all know that. And, and so depending on what side you're on, it's, you know, over here and over there and, and all of this and, and the divides have gotten deeper. And, and people, you know, people see it a certain way. They feel very strongly about that. But ultimately, I think about this as a child of God. What am I called to do? Well, I'm called to love Jesus most. And so what that means is I got to love him. Oh, by the way, number two is I got to love my neighbor as myself. I've got to show compassion. I've got to show grace. Oh, by the way, I'm here as an ambassador for Jesus. So I can't be saying things and doing things and in order that would create a problem for me to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I have to set aside maybe some of my own thoughts and feelings and things I feel strongly about so that they don't get in the way of let your light so shine before men. Radical obedience. And when we follow Jesus in obedience, that's obviously when we, we know his provision because he's there. He's there. Let's skip ahead. Uh, one small point. Rem- just a reminder that as Jehovah Jireh, he provides for all of our needs, not necessarily all of our wants. Because sometimes our wants aren't all that good. I mean, I've got a few things I've wanted. I've asked him for it. He didn't give it to me. I think it'll be an interesting discussion, you know, see it from his perspective. But there have been a sure enough things that I wanted, and I asked him for quite a bit. He didn't give it to me. And then down the line, I look back, and I go, oh, thank you, Jesus. You didn't give that to me. So, as Jehovah Jireh, he, he knows our heart. He knows what we need, and that's what he provides. And then ultimately, Jesus is in the, ends up being the greatest provision of Jehovah Jireh because he's the ram in the thicket, right? Just as there's a ram in the thicket that took Isaac's place, you and I have a ram in the thicket. We, we've got somebody who would die for us we have somebody that would pay the penalty for us oh by the way mount moriah you know what mount moriah is it is the temple mount it's where the temple would ultimately be built it's a beautiful picture of how jesus would be the one who would come and would stand in our place and so knowing him is where it all begins And if you've not come to put your faith and trust in Jesus, that's where it starts. He is your ram in the thicket. It's a wonderful picture. But for those of us that know him, to be reminded that we're called to love him most and to follow him with radical obedience. And he will be that Jehovah Jireh to us.